Hi everyone, so today I want to discuss Star Wars Episode 2, The Attack of the Clones. It came out May 16th, 2002. And I mentioned in my first video about Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, how if I could ask George Lucas about um, if he had any intentions about making the movie more like a play or uh, setting the, uh, the setting in a play like uh, a theater-like uh, uh, contextual setting, I would continue. I would really like to ask him that same question still. Pardon me, I was stumbling with my words right there. Uh, because I do feel like I, I still, I, uh, so the complaints that the acting is stoic and wooden, I get the impression that maybe that was done purposefully. So I do understand that because of the CGI that was used, that the acting space was very limited. Um, that's why a lot of the scenes, the actors are usually just walking and I'm not really in much of a rush. Uh, but again, but despite that, I think that George Lucas was able to make it work. And that's why I want, if I could ask him a question, I would ask him that, were you uh, directing this, filming this from a, uh, from a perspective of a, a playwright, from a perspective, well, he is a playwright, because <laughs> a screenwriter, pardon me. Yeah, perspective of a playwright, or the perspective of a theater maker, making this for a play. And uh, so not that I, I started talking about the acting, I'm going to stand by what I said before. I think most people, uh, if they are upset with the acting, it's not really, it's more towards the writing than the actors themselves. I mean, as, as I said in the, in the previous video, Natalie Portman, um, I don't know their names, but the actor who plays Emperor Palpatine and Darth uh, Count Dooku, um, and of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're all great actors in my opinion, especially Emperor Palpatine. I do believe he's a professionally, traditionally trained actor. He acts on stage in addition to movies, and supposedly we had to look into this. I haven't looked into it myself, but I heard through secondhand that uh, all his acting scenes, he just needed to film them once. And that's true. That's a testament to his acting abilities. So again, I think it's more a complaint towards the writing than the actual actors. And um, and yeah, I really don't have much complaints in, in regards to that. So um, overall, the movie, as, as so episode two is known as the one that's been the worst from the Pico trilogy. Most people don't enjoy it. When a lot of I know it's a common opinion that the prequel trilogy is not the greatest, but it's not the greatest. And episode two is usually pinpoints it as the worst of the bunch, the worst of the trilogy, the prequel trilogy. I can see why there's that perspective. And again, I think with episode one, George Lucas was really aiming for a political perspective, trying to show how the Republic was decaying from a political point of view, but also from a Jedi uh, a Jedi uh, order point of view as well. The Jedi Order was becoming too intertwined with the politics, with the with the senators that they were serving, uh, uh, with the Imperial, oh no, with the Republic Senate, not the Imperial Senate, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and I think Lucas does a good job of demonstrating that. Uh, we see how uh, Anakin is becoming disenfranchised with the Republic, how regular people aren't allowed to be assisted. Anakin gets, there are going to be spoilers, but hopefully you guys have seen this already. Um, but Anakin gets flashbacks, of, or not flashbacks, but visions of his mother that she's in danger, that she's in trouble. And while, yes, it's understandable that it is his mother, the Jedi frown upon attachments, especially emotion, emotional connections, I think it's important to be stated that she's still a citizen of the Republic. They should have at least sent, uh, Anakin should have expressed his concerns and the Jedi Council should have sent, if not Anakin or Obi-Wan, and another Jedi Knight, to, and it doesn't even have to be a Jedi Master, it's just, just a regular Jedi Knight, doesn't need to have a Padawan, don't forget the Jedi Order, the whole point of them is to maintain the peace of the Republic, not the peace of the Senators of the Republic, or the politicians of the Republic, but rather the peace of the people of the Republic. And be, I will be making a review series, or not a review series, pardon me, but a, a brief uh, review on um, a, from Tales of the Jedi, because I did end up watching that. I had no plan to, but I think it did a great job of really highlighting what I just discussed, how some of the Jedi, 
even if they wanted to help the people, their hands were tied because of the Jedi console. Um, so yeah, again, the Jedi Knight should have been sent to Tatooine to check up on Anakin's mother, and unfortunately, uh, we find out that she was indeed captured by the Tusken Raiders, and she was tortured, it seems like, probably forced to work, and she dies. And what's really, uh, what's, sorry, because it's crazy how this property, Star Wars, is meant to be just a child's, according to Lucas, it's a child's um, IP, intellectual property, uh, but there just really is deeper themes and one wants to dig into it like for example again spoilers but when Anakin sees his mom again it's I think it's quite sad very tragic not sad very tragic that he's obviously missed her right other Jedi don't have that that what's the not option but the uh, they don't have the opportunity to miss their parents because they never formed that connection that attachment but Anakin because he was already he has an attachment to his mom and what's the last thing that he gets to hear from her and mind you he's been separated from her for about how many years for let me see, I'm bad with math, so if he was about 12 or 13 in episode 1. So a young, a young adult, maybe 18 or 19. I might be wrong about that. Uh, but so that's about what? About 6, almost 10 years of not seeing one's mother. When he does see her again, she says, I I love. And that's it. She literally just stammers, I I love. And she's not able to complete the sentence because unfortunately she's just too physically weak. And she ends up dying in Anakin's arms. And I know some could make the argument that that's much too dramatic. Oh, what a coincidence that she's going to pass away in his arms when he gets there after a month. Uh, his, his stepfather tells him that she's been captured for a month. And yeah, she dies in his arms when he gets there. But I'm fine with that. Especially in today's time where a lot of Hollywood movies just have a lot of uh, well, Hollywood moments where it's a-okay. Uh, at least with this, with, with episode two, it was trying to tell a, a sad, a tragic story with a point to it. Um, reinforcing Anakin's downfall. And minor spoilers, and I will discuss this, well, hopefully I'll remember, but in episode 3, um, this is the catalyst, or maybe not the catalyst, but this is the, the bedrock of why Anakin chooses to go away from the Jedi Order, because Padme ends up, he ends up getting visions of Padme's death. At first he thought there were just nightmares in episode 2 about his mother, he discovers the visions of the future, and now when he starts getting them about, about his wife... Uh, in episode 3, he understands they are not nightmares, they're not dreams, they're visions of the future. So, of course, he wants to stop uh, his, 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 his uh, significant other from passing away. And in addition to that, when his mom, after they do the, uh, the funeral for, for um, Shimi Skywalker, uh, Anakin's mother, um, Anakin's eulogy is essentially he states that he apologized for being so weak and he promises to never be weak again. And again, that's a great connection to make to episode 3, that promise that he makes to his mom, whom he did love. And he wants to protect her in addition to her, his wife. And he's trying to protect her in episode 3. Um, and just a quick side note. I just I might do a separate thinking about video about this. But Palpatine, is just, he's just a horrible individual. It's just so sad how many individuals that he corrupted. I do think that Count Dooku was a, a, um, a good individual. He was a good Jedi. He, he was just unfortunately his hands were tied. And he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. And Palpatine manipulated that. I truly believe if Dooku survived to see... Papatine's uh, empire, he would have gone against him. He wanted to help the people, and Papatine claimed that that's what they'll be doing by removing the Republic and replacing it with with the with the Sith Order and with the Imperial uh, uh, Empire. But we know that wasn't true, right? He was just uh, thinking about himself, thinking about those people who are in league with him. So more than likely, business individuals, entrepreneurs, uh, uh, people with affluence, because that's what one's inner circle is usually about. Uh, not about, but usually consists of of bankers, business people. Uh, some academics and, and so forth, right? Um, 
But yeah, he's just such a selfish individual, and we see how easily why Anakin was corrupted by Palpatine because he was essentially grooming him. Uh, beyond that, though, uh, I did appreciate Count Dooku. I definitely do think Clone Wars did, um, what's the word, flesh out Dooku's character. Back then in the past, year, I was more neutral towards, towards him. I didn't like nor dislike him. He was just kind of a character that was there. Uh, but after after watching Clone Wars and especially Tales of the Jedi, I really appreciate his character so much more. <laughs> and he's, he's a very cool character. I like him as a villain. He's a very ideological individual. Uh, but I think he has justifications for having his perspectives. And I Tells of the Jedi does a great job of showing us why he has that ideology. Um, and I think it was great too. I, I wonder if, I don't think, when, when Anakin attacks the Tusken Raiders after he, uh, his mom passes, there's a small uh, sound bit where one is able to hear Qui-Gon Jinn saying, Anakin, no, no, no. I really do like that, but my only complaint is that the audio file kind of sounds a little bit out of place. I don't mind the Anakin, but the no, no, no at the end. I don't know, I just kind of, I wonder if, if Liam Nielsen recorded that portion or if it's just reused audio from episode one and maybe that's why it sounds out of place. Even though I don't like how it sounds, again, I do like the, the thought, the, I, I, I like the idea behind it, just not the execution of it. And then, of course, with the, with the revelation of the clone army, uh, Master Sapodeus, I'm going to be honest, uh, I'm going to have to do research into Sapodeus because um, I'm a little bit... Uh, confused about his role in the Clone Wars. I do know that he, he was clairvoyant and he was able to see that the Clone Wars was going to occur. But now, um, I don't think he was in league with Count Dooku and with uh, Emperor Palpatine, but that's something for another video, not for Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Um, and it's actually really cool to see how the clones have evolved as well. When, when they first come out, you see how they're very color-oriented. You see the, the yellow-plated clones uh, who are commanders of the army, but later on they get color-coded, the battalions, right? The 212th with Obi-Wan Kenobi, the 501st, the blue uh, with Anakin. And then, unfortunately, I don't know the, the number, but Wolf Squadron or Wolf uh, Battalion. Pardon me, excuse me, that's a hiccup that I suppressed with uh, Plo, Plo Clo. Um, but yeah, oh no, I, I do really appreciate episode two. I say with episode one, if one has any reservations about the movie, to go in with a fresh perspective, to go in with an open mind. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stand by that, that conclusion and say one should do that with episode two as well. If you haven't seen it in a while, uh, there, there are its faults. It does have negatives, but there's also those positives. And you know what? Something I do want to bring up because a lot of people like to make fun of this. But when Anakin stayed... And you know what? I think Anakin hating Christian is also a really good actor. Maybe not a great actor, uh, but he's not a bad actor. And I would argue that he, he is a good actor. And I, I, I do... Uh, the way that he portrays Anakin Skywalker, Christian, Hayden Christensen, uh, I believe it. And one of the parts that I never understood why people made fun of and mocked was when Anakin states, when he tells Padme, he hates sand. It's coarse, it's rough, and it gets everywhere. Literally, sand is like that. If one watches episode one, they'll see that literally right outside his front door, there's sand. And we're going to be realistic. I'm sure that sand gets into the house as well. He hates sand. It's rough. It's coarse. It gets everywhere. I never understood why people mocked that line. I think it makes a lot of logical sense. Um, and you know what? Maybe the way he delivered it, maybe the way that it's written, but I think the sentiment behind the line, it makes a lot of sense. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so one should go in with an open mind for episode two. Uh, I highly did enjoy it. Uh, I'm looking forward. So I did finish Clone Wars already. I'm planning to make a video for that. And of course, episode three. Um, it's been a, an unexpected Star Wars journey. I, I'm not going to lie. It started off unexpectedly. I was watching some other animated uh, television, un animated adult shows, 
and it'll, uh, and it kind of just led into into this. And I'm actually really excited and happy that it did lead into this because this was my well. I'll discuss that when I get into Clone Wars. But anywho, well, do I recommend Episode Two: Attack of the Clones? Yes, I do. And if you've seen it, I hope you want to discuss it with me. You could do so either via private message or via in the comments below. Or if you haven't seen, uh, if you have seen it more recently and you want to discuss anything that you uh, um, disagree with me, please do so as well. Conversation does not have to be entirely positive, right? To have a discourse means to look at the negatives and the positives, or in other words, to critique. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Have a great day and take care.